Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You say dog days of summer? The pleasure chest says anal August. It's that time of year when it's all about the rear. And yes, the pleasure chest has got all the gear. But there's so much more to anal sex than just plugs, beads, and prostate massagers. Whether you're embarking on your first anal odyssey or are a certified ass master, the pleasure chest has got some tips and tricks to help you make the most of your butt sex adventures. For all of August, they're offering 20% off all B-Vibe products when you purchase online at PleasureChest.com. Meanwhile, in Pleasure Chest stores in New York City, LA, and Chicago, every purchase of $50 or more comes with a free beginner anal toy gift. There will also be B-Vibe pop-ups in LA and New York throughout August, so follow Pleasure Chest and B-Vibe on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates. Pleasure Chest staff educators will be covering all things anal all month long via their blog and social with messaging cards on everything from fisting to prostate pleasure to enemas to rimming to pegging. Have a sweaty, healthy anal August with a little help from the Pleasure Chest. And now, on with Why Are People Into That? I stopped for a little like blood sugar rush at the bodega on the way here uh, and saw a couple of CBD seltzers because we're in New York City where you can buy CBD seltzer but you can't go to a recreational dispensary Um, so uh, neither of these companies have sponsored this podcast but maybe they should think about it so uh, Recess I love you do you want to sponsor why are people into that here's the sound of your pomegranate hibiscus CBD seltzer opening up on my show that's a delicious sound it's It sounds so refreshing. It's refreshing refreshing. and relaxing. It has adaptogens, which is my new favorite thing to be like, what is that? Also, adaptogen, great drag name. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, but also it would have to be for like... In, in like Brooklyn or LA, I feel like, yeah. or in San Francisco, in order for people, otherwise people are going to be like, what is an adaptogen? I don't even know. Um, so I'm going to pour a little bit of this. Who would like some uh, pomegranate hibiscus? I would like that one. Okay, I'm gonna give you this Pride Center one. Um, And then this other one I have, oh, so I've had Recess, but I haven't had Dram. Dram. And this one's Ginger Grass, which I assume is ginger and lemongrass. Do you wanna try some of this stuff? I would love some Ginger Grass. Dram. Dram. <laughs> now they splash owe us zone. money. Actual yeah. splash zone. Um, I jinxed see. it. Oh my this god! Is why? Okay, luckily these nice folks brought us. Some oh, that's products, really fucking which funny. Which I will be now using to soak up. Tram. Um, ben, do you think? Tram came on our oh, faces he's, he's without honest. consent. <laughs> so degrading. Um. Uh, I think we're, I think we're, oh, thank you so much. Oh my God, someone has like a microfiber towel. Ben, 
<laughs> yeah, we've got a towel. Do you want to towel off the device? <laughs> this is what I get for trying to integrate. I, <laughs> everyone hire me for spawn conning. Apparently, oh, very, wow. yeah. Wow. No, that was that was It'd awesome. be a different yeah. type of ad, um, like when it sprays all over you. <laughs> 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 everyone hear everything okay? Yeah. Wow, yeah. It's gone everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I already am feeling the adaptogens there. <laughs> <laughs> through my my through osmosis. Um, I mean, I feel so relaxed right now, right? Yeah. Nobody, yeah. Nobody is. Um, CBD chill. Okay. Yeah. I hope maybe now your recorder will also be yes, chill. Yes, chill. Yeah. Super chill. Great. Um, cool. Would you like to try this one? So I, I would like to try that one. I'm extra curious now. Yeah. Cheers, Chris. Yeah. Yay. We're going to relax. All of these are legal, guys. Decrim is a word I'm going to be using a lot today. So, um, Decrim. I got that in an email today. People are using that word. I'm glad. Oh, yeah. yeah you got it. It, was like, well, it was like a press release email. Tomorrow, about. Denver votes to legalize mushrooms. Or oh. to decrim mushrooms, excuse me. To decrim, decriminalize. But the email press release said decrim. And I was like, whoa, that really caught up. Hold on. You know, we need it in these fucking times. We do. We need <laughs> neuroplasticity now more than ever. Hello, and welcome to Why Are People Into That? Live at the Pleasure Chest in New York City. Great job. I'm feeling that. It is Masturbation May. Did you guys know this, that it's Masturbation May? Every May is official Masturbation Month. I mean, Masturbation Month is every month for many of us, I think. (laughs) But this is the time of year where we really celebrate uh, and acknowledge self-love and and, uh, especially here at the Pleasure Chest do a lot of education around uh, solo play and uh, and all kinds of stuff related to masturbation. In both celebration of Masturbation May and in celebration of spring, I decided that I wanted to do a cannabis edition of the live show. Uh, So I'm Tina Horn and why are people into that is my slutty, kinky, queer, perverted as fuck sexuality podcast. I've been producing and hosting Wired People Into That 100% independently for over five years now. And in the past couple of years, I've been recording some episodes live in front of a live audience, such as your beautiful selves, uh, often right here at the sex positive sex toy retailer, Pleasure Chest. And the main difference between the regular Wired People into that podcast and the live show is that instead of choosing one sexuality topic, we cover a whole spectrum or maybe several different topics within an umbrella. Um, and also, instead of one guest, as I usually do uh, on the podcast, I have two. So we have a little mini panel. And my guests today are Sophie St. Thomas. Say hi, Sophie. Hi, I'm Sophie. Should I introduce myself or anything? Uh, I'm going to do that I'm gonna, later. I'm going to read your bio. So You're the Virgo. You're in charge. All right. <laughs> Got it. Oh, actually, actually I'm not I'm, the, oh, you're in a Virgo sandwich, or you are this, in a sandwich that's made I of Virgo, Virgo bread. Moon. So many of my partners have been Virgos. I mean, we're the best. Um, and, and we did a whole episode about why we're the best. We did. Wait, really? It, yeah. it, it's true. We did We did a whole Virgo edition uh, of Why Are People Into oh my That God, right, I know in, right that. in this room. Um, and uh, one of my guests for that show, uh, who's actually been a repeat offender on Why Are People Into That, uh, is Carly. Say hi, Carly. Hi. So let me see. I'm going to tell you a little bit about both of them. Sophie St. Thomas is a queer Brooklyn-based writer originally from the Virgin Islands. Brooklyn Magazine named her one of their 30 under 30, and High Times selected her as one of their 100 women in high places. 
She is a regular contributor about sex and cannabis for Allure, Playboy, GQ, Vice, Glamour, High Times, Marie Claire, and more. She is currently writing a book, Au Contraire. I believe she has, well, the writing process continues after you turn in your manuscript. Yeah, I did find my manuscript. I have a funny story about that. We'll get to it. I'm going to ask you about it. Um, But she's in the process of writing a book, and I have seen on social media that she filed her uh, first draft of her manuscript. Let's give it up for that. Thank you. Thank you. I would say that's the hardest part, except it's all the hardest part. Um, But uh, anyway, so this book is for Simon & Schuster, and it is called Finding Your Higher Self, Your Guide to Cannabis for Self-Care. So perfect for this edition, the cannabis edition of Why Are People Into That for Masturbation May. And it comes out this November. And, uh, well, Sophie, I have a question for you about double-sided dildos. But before we get there, um, tell us your funny story about your manuscript. Oh, it was just a funny stoner mistake about my stoner book. No, it's not. We're trying to change the way people feel about cannabis users. I have a funny cannabis story about my cannabis book in that I made a stoner mistake and I put the date wrong of when it was due in my calendar. But that was like several weeks before I needed to file it. So I just like killed myself and then submitted it thinking like, oh, I made it like end of day, but I made it. And then I had a question about the the, the excuse like the reference p- section and they're like oh thank you so much no one ever hands it in this early you can like worry about that like when it's due and they thought I did a good job but I just messed up my calendar that's the story well I mean if you're gonna make a mistake <laughs> about dates making a mistake about it being early earlier is better is strategic stoner it was yeah, yeah. stoner gods <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well that's awesome I mean I'm it, of course, you would stress yourself out writing your book about self-care. I, oh, God, it was horrible. I went, to, I went to the emergency room, and I'm not joking, trying wow. to trim my own bangs. I, like, cut off my knuckle from Ooh. no sleep. Well. <laughs> and then I typed through that injury and got a new injury. I, I really hope no one at Simon & Schuster listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope they do so they know how committed you are to you, exactly. <laughs> well, um, and Don't trim your own bangs is, is the lesson I learned. It's, Absolutely. It's very... I feel like that's a, a lesson that many people have to well, learn. Well, the irony is I was like, oh, I'll save money, but I was saving like 10 fucking bucks, and then I had like an emergency room visit where it's like, you know, over like, a thousand anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm guessing also it was like procrastination band yes, trimming may, mostly. as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm growing them out now, so I don't have to deal. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you're okay. Thank you. And this is your first book, right? It is my first book, yeah. You're learning lessons about I, your process. Exactly, exactly. It is my first book. It's not what I expected to be my first book, but it's kind of the perfect, now I'm just speaking, saying the same word over and over like a spell, but yes, I've, <laughs> the, the publishing industry is a whole other beast. Yes, yeah. we, will, we yeah. will come back to that for yes. sure. Well, I want to introduce Carly, and then we'll get into double-sided dildos, and then we'll get into weed more. <laughs> so Carly S., who, by the way, um, Summer Moon was uh, supposed to be on this panel tonight uh, and, and couldn't be here, and so uh, Carly raced. Did you come uptown from yeah. the West Village? Yeah, yeah not, I opened not, yeah. So you came from the Bronx, and then you went to the West Village, <laughs> and then you came uptown yep. to be here today. Yep, just because I love talking to you about pot. 
And sex. And sex. Mostly sex, but... Totally. Well, we really appreciate you being a switch hitter. So uh, Carly S., the queen of wands, sex educator, porn star, model, sex blogger, and bad bitch from the Bronx. Uh, Do you have that trademarked? Yeah. (laughs) Great. TM. (laughs) Um, A manager of some of New York City's hottest award-winning sex toy stores, Carly has been featured as an educator at Exotica, Cycles and Sex, Sex Expo, uh, as a cosmopolitan contributor, a regular educator, and new manager at Manhattan's famous West Village Pleasure Chest. Countless podcasts with your favorite, per- as well as on countless podcasts with your favorite personalities, which she confessed is, is, is mostly Tina is Horn. Mostly me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> countless. Yeah. Uh, Carly is also a polyamorous, thick-as-hell woman of color who will either rock your world or ruin it as a proud Virgo. <laughs> My partner wrote that. I did not write Wait, that. Really? Yeah. What are they? What's their sign? Leo. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, amazing. Yeah, I feel like uh, Virgos will either rock or ruin your world. You guys, Sophie has a question about double-sided dildos. Mostly product recommendations. Yeah. I want one. Yeah. A better one than the one I have. What's the one you have? Well, I have two. I have a glass one, and which is a little too short to actually use with another person, I've discovered. Just poor manufacturing, going to be honest about that. Um, and the other one is one of those ones that, like, isn't Requiem for a Dream double-headed dildos, but it's, like, one part goes inside yeah. of me or my girlfriend, I guess, but I have no idea how the fuck to use it, which hmm. is... Is it the sh- is it the share? It's from Lilo Lelo. Oh, okay. There's one that looks like it upstairs that I'll show you though. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, we luckily we're in the pleasure chest, exactly. So we can we talk about things now, and then we'll go upstairs, and there will be examples that you can actually like hold and feel, and you know, like get uh, smell. I don't know. That's important. <laughs> um, and pick out a color. Um, well, I, I've spoken about my favorite double-sided dildo on this podcast uh, many times, so I, I would actually love Carly to, to take this one. So, funny story, I hate double-sided dildos, because, like, the classic porno version that you think of, like, the really straight ones, like, inevitably one person gets more of the dick than the other person, so, like, it's never just, like, you know, an even exchange of dick. Ah. Yeah, I, I've never one. used used yeah. one other than this glass one, which is why I, which is why I'm so obsessed with it. Yeah. So, so we is, ha- should upstairs. I skip? No. So I mean, there are better ones. So upstairs, there's one from Blush that's kind of like bent like a U. So like one person isn't going to be able to get more because it's just like the way that it's shaped. It is flexible, but like it's going to kind of prevent it from going all the way inside of one person. <laughs> um, and then there's one from Fun Factory that has like this little like wave and like a bump that you can like bump against that like I think. Is better. I've never actually tried it because, like, my first experience like put me off so badly. Yeah. Uh, but like, theoretically, these seem much better. Which is the one that you can adjust and it stays? Because there's like flexibility with that has like of things that have give. Yeah. But then there's ones that you can like that have the little mechanism where it can like. Yeah, stay in I place. forget the brand. I think it might be wet for her. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's posable. But that's more of like a strapless strap-on than a double, right. which is, like, essentially the same thing. Oh, that's but like, what, that describes yeah. what I was thinking of, okay. I have a strapless strap-on. Gotcha, yeah. yeah. Well, my favorite is made by Fun Factory, and it's mm-hmm. called the Share. Yeah. And the reason that I like it is that one end of it, it looks like a lima bean, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the lima bean sort of is, like, makes, like, a little, like, bulbous shelf 
that the the top, if you will, the um, uh, can can wear. Uh, inside of them, right? And so then, for, for me anyway, with my anatomy, like, the lima bean sort of, like, rests on, like, the shelf where my G-spot is, mm-hmm. the, the pelvic shelf. <laughs> you know, it's made of silicone. The dick just juts out at this, like, perfect angle. So, like, when, if I'm wearing it and fucking somebody, like, I, I mean, I do my pelvic floor exercises, um, <laughs> so I can, like, hold it in, like, even if I'm standing or, like, if I'm on my back or Wait, if you I'm, You don't like, use a harness with that? No, honey, I am no. Impressed. I need to see this. <laughs> I need to see this. <laughs> oh, I do live for that kind of applause. Yes, um, uh, you too. Uh, you could be practicing right now. I, I know. I, I started doing mine like right then. I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can all. <laughs> the be- first time I ever used it, and someone like pulled it out of me, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm getting my harness." Like- <laughs> I mean, I mean, to to be fair, if you use it with the harness, then it. Uh, you have it- to do way less work. Yeah, I mean, it, it can, I mean, sometimes I will wear it with the harness, um, but it, it's like a different, um, I mean, I like basically like clenching down on it mm-hmm. to keep it in is I mean, part it feels good. of yeah. the fun, so. I like to work smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I really like it because I think it, just just in terms of even the design, it, it kind of, uh, explodes the requiem for a dream ass to ass stereotype of like two dildos like pressed together, which I think is like a novelty thing more than something that tends to work for anatomy of like two people who want to both like be getting their like holes penetrated like while they're getting it on together. Whereas the share, it also just like from like a, a gender affirmation, it, it feels like because the dick, this like silicone dick is essentially like protruding like from my cunt and like is somewhat controlled by like it like it pr- it puts pressure like the fucking when I'm fucking someone it like puts pressure on my g-spot and I'm just like it, you know it's it's not like we're both getting fucked it's like I'm being filled up it's more like a butt plug with a for your front hole with a, <laughs> with a dick coming out of it that you can fuck someone with. Yeah. So if that's not a double-sided dildo... I want you to dildo, write the product then... description for this and just say that. I would... They really should be uh, I'm like an affiliate just from how much... It's like, it is truly one of my favorite sex toys of all cool. time. So highly recommend. And because it's silicone, it's like a little bendy and, and you can wear it with a strap-on, I guess. Yeah, And there's also... There's somebody else makes something that's similarly shaped that... Um, that has a place where you can pull it, put a bullet, a bullet. I mean, the Vibe Factory makes one with a bullet now. <laughs> and, and the and silicone conducts vibration. So if you are into having like something inside you that is vibrating while you're like both getting penetrated, that's like a lot of stimulation for me, but probably not for everyone. Probably some people would like that. I have a bullet vibrator stuck in a dildo. Yeah. yeah, don't I mean, we all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sometimes there. I think you're not really like a sex educator unless you have a bullet stuck in a stuck dildo way up, at home. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's like a rite Fuck of passage. Yeah. yeah, I can't boil this anymore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Um. So, what do you want to use it for, like specifically? The double. Yeah. Sided, sided or headed. Whatever. Um. Honestly, I think. As discussed earlier, even though this film is very problematic, especially in retrospect, I think that Requiem Dream for a scene was erotic to me. And I am lucky to get a lot of free sex toys as my job. But 
one, I've no, no one's ever given me a double-headed dildo, and I kind of get annoyed sometimes at just how many. All the it's, there's just so many vibrators, you know, so many, so many clitoral vibrators. Yeah. And it's so I've never tried it, and I want to try it. It's just it's just a sex toy I haven't tried yet, and yeah. I want it. Yeah. yeah. It does something that other sex toys don't do. It, like, facilitates a certain kind of, like, Well, it's a, a, new, a new experience, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, great. Yes. Well, maybe we'll take a little tour upstairs. Yes, absolutely. So everybody's like, when are they going to talk about weed, though? As you may know, uh, as of this taping, recreational cannabis has been decriminalized in some states in the United States. And CBD is decriminalized in New York City, which is where we are right now. Well, in New York State, I should say. Um, we are going to explain the difference between THC and CBD. So hang tight if you're curious about that. The pleasure chest in West Hollywood in Los Angeles is actually at the forefront of some exciting new developments in the legal cannabis market. In the meantime, the pleasure chest stores in New York and Chicago sell legal CBD products, which we are going to discuss today. So while we're going to discuss experiences we may have had while using cannabis legally, we are not endorsing illegal activity, right? Of course. Eh. <laughs> Officially, we are not endorsing illegal activity. Um, we encourage you to enjoy psychotropic experiences responsibly, educate yourself and your communities, and practice informed and enthusiastic consent. I definitely feel like a Budweiser billboard right now. So yes, we are all, we're all on the same page about that. Okay, cool. Let's talk about weed. So, uh, so Sophie, I'm going to start with you. What inspired you to write uh, so much? I mean, literally anytime I need a reference for anything involving cannabis and sex and the overlapping of the science and the culture and the, the advice uh, uh, about those things, I, I, I just always come across an article by you and you're like, like cannabis and butt sex, cannabis and kink, cannabis and sex parties. You're like totally covering so many different things and I'm, I'm curious like what inspired you to to focus on that in your journalism work and and in this book that you're writing um the answer is dark oh yeah yeah um we can we can be are we prepared to go to dark places <laughs> so I, I have been a sex writer since college um and then in 2013 I was raped and it really fucked up my sex life and I tried a bunch of things. I tried a bunch of pharmaceuticals. I'm not anti-pharmaceuticals. I'm on pharmaceuticals. But I truly found that cannabis was able to keep me present in the moment during sex. That thing where it like makes you forget where you're thinking is really good for people with PTSD because it keeps bad thoughts and flashbacks at bay and allows you to be present and just calming my anxiety. And so it worked and got my sex life back on track. And I have... You know, I'm a Scorpio and a journalist, so it's my nature to investigate things. So, you know, so the first thing I did was write something that I'm proud to say became a High Times cover of their pot and sex issue that year about sexual assault survivors using cannabis to treat PTSD. Because at that point, all I could find was stuff about vets, you know, and not to downplay what combat vets go through. But I mean, even in the Army, there's just this, so many more people that I could benefit from this. And after that, it just became a very regular part of my life as it would any other medicine. And so that meant that it became a party of kink and sex parties. And 
so many. Yeah, the intersection, I haven't found it in yet, um, but that is what led me to it. Thank you so much for talking about that. Of and, course. I mean, in in um, in a lot of the, uh, in the very small amount of writing about the intersection of sex and kink that I've encountered so far is so many people talking about uh, even uh, things like PTSD and anxiety and depression and chronic physical pain and like all of these things. And I, I feel like one benefit of this discussion is that people are feeling more comfortable saying like like talking about like how much of that so many of us have to get through before we can even start to think about pleasure during sex or connection during sex and it seems like cannabis is a really good medicine for a lot of what ails so many of us in so many ways including our our sex lives which as you say is like an integral part of of many of our lives and how we experience pleasure and connection and in order to get there we we need medicine to get through yeah, all this shitty absolutely. stuff and there's so many various forms that whether you want a psychoactive experience or not you really can use it to improve your sex life and I'm, I'm going to pass the mic because this all, you know, but we, we have an, an endocannabinoid system, an endogenous cannabinoid system. Our body has a symptom that regulates so much that is stimulated by the cannabis plant and named after the cannabis plant. And so it's like we talk about THC and CBD. We have ready-made receptors in our brain and all of our body that are made to receive these, these cannabinoids, which I just think it's so cool. Like it, um, you know, you can feed your endocannabinoid system in, in other ways. Um, hops is a close relative to cannabis, so it's interesting that our body kind of makes us naturally crave these. Anyways, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I I, I personally feel that it, we are created to consume cannabis. It, yeah, I mean, the, when you when you talk about it like that, it makes it seem like we're all radios, like waiting to receive the transmissions <laughs> from from this from this amazing plant, which is a cool way to think about it. Yeah. Carly, how do you feel about the intersection of cannabis and sex as a sex educator? I think it's really great, um, especially for folks that were socialized like female, mm. because we're consistently socialized to not receive pleasure, not demand pleasure, not ask for pleasure. And like, Lots of times folks have problems even just like getting out of their heads. And a lot of the time when I'm teaching workshops about any sort of pleasure-based stuff, I focus a lot on like intentional breathing and things like that because we can't really talk too much about like smoke a joint. Like I can mention it like jokingly, but I can't really get too much into it. But yeah. it's great to like, like you said, like get out of your head a little bit and just like feel the sensations that you're experiencing without, you know, anything bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I guess, uh, assume that you're talking to someone who has never used cannabis before in any way. How would you describe how using cannabis makes sex feel different than when you're not using it? I like to think of it very much like intentional breathing. If you've ever done any sort of yoga and like you do really intentional breathing, you get almost lightheaded, mm -hmm. but you kind of feel also all the sensations in your body. And I feel like it's a really similar sensation to that. So if you're like smoking during or before or after, it kind of just grounds you into your body and helps you just feel sensations and maybe shut off a part of your brain that's like lots of things are happening at once. Mm -hmm. yeah. So simplifying. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel more grounded and in my body and also more connected to my partner, mm -hmm. you know, more like into like trying to be in tune with their needs. 
Um, and for me, I'm, I'm an anxious person, so it, it like helps slow that down. But I really want to say, and this is something I love about cannabis becoming legal, like the legal industry has massive problems, but there are just so, it's, it's endless, the different ways to experience and use cannabis from the strain to the amount, to the method of intake, to where it's grown, to the terpene, to the cannabinoid levels, to the THC levels that I meet so many people who are like, oh, I don't like weed. And then I ask them about their experience. And I think the great thing about legalization is that, you know, whether it's a, um, CBD with just like a teeny bit of THC or a sativa if you are very lethargic and have a hard time getting motivated, which is like being used to treat ADD now, which is fascinating, like and can have stimulant properties if you get to the right THC levels. And then conversely, like people like me, you know, I think of it in, in terms of other people are using it like you would a Xanax. And so I think it can it can be it can be whatever you want, but it's really important to find out the right way to use it because you can have a bad experience if you take the wrong kind in the wrong setting of too much. And, you know, that's that's not what we want to happen. Yeah. I mean, my partner right now, his father, they just found a really aggressive tumor on his esophagus. And um, he was a CO for many, many years, very anti-drug. And now he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd love some pot. And we're sending him a bunch of pot. And it's exciting that, like, we can help him in that way. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that has come up for me in the past few years. I'm from California, but I've lived in New York for eight years. And seeing the way that decriminalization and destigmatization go together is really fascinating to see and and people who hadn't used cannabis in in any form from smoking to vaping to edibles to topicals all of which we're going to get into today using it j- simply because they feel very strongly about not doing things that are illegal it's really interesting to see how people are open to the properties that something has like the plant I mean I guess it's not accurate to say that the plant hasn't changed because the way that it's being that is being grown and being manufactured and 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 being marketed to us and and sold and processed like actually is changing but like it is still it is still the same plant and the effects that we are that that the industry is playing with and that the culture is talking about more it's like it's the same thing but for some people that's which is is important which i yeah. i guess i respect even though yeah, i, I mean didn't. you have to meet people where they're at yeah that's right yeah yeah and i'm just also just really grateful that it is because i think mm-hmm. so many more people are getting the benefits of it that mm-hmm. wouldn't have yeah. otherwise sophie you've talked a little bit about the is it the endocannabinoid system is that how you pronounce it endogenous cannabinoid system endocannabinoid system for short cool So that's fucking fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we, uh, so that's sort of like physiologically Mm -hmm. um, part of how cannabis produces the psychoactive um, effects that it has, but also the non-psychoactive effects of, of something like CBD. So can we break down, especially, I think this is especially really uh, relevant to this room because we're, we're in New York city and you are right now in a retail establishment that legally sells products that have CBD in them. Right. But it cannot, even though the same company can sell THC products in Los Angeles, 
right now at this second. The company can't sell THC products here. So let's break down what is the difference between CBD and and THC. They're both cannabinoids, which is chemical compounds found in the cannabis plant. THC is the one that everyone has known of forever. It's euphoric. It's activating. Um, it, it produces psychedelic effects. You know, it heightens the senses. It kind of blends the senses, which is why when you're like really stoned, like, you know, sometimes like you'll see shapes and like music kind of moving together a little bit. It causes also anxiety and paranoia and dry mouth. And it's responsible for all of those classic cannabis properties. And it, it's what gets you high. And CBD is non-psychoactive. It's known for anti-anxiety and calmness. It's really great in topicals because of its anti-inflammatory properties. And I, I have a lot of beef with CBD right now, though. Mm. I, I'm sorry. I, don't, I feel like I'm going to, like, rain on everyone's parade. Um, like, so the way you need a little bit I'm just of... just going to sip a little bit of my CBD. As so you, you need a little THC for CBD to work at its best. And in states like New York, we don't get that. Like, yeah. CBD only talks to one of the receptors, but when THC is present, it talks to both of the receptors. And it, and it can be like a little bit of THC. Yeah, like yeah. I have like these breath strips at home because we have cannabis breath strips now. And I have ones, you know, I have a sativa variety, an indica variety, and then I have CBD. And it's like 10 to 1 ratio. And whenever I'm out in LA and I want to pick up CD, CBD products, that's what you'll see. It'll say like 10 to 1. And what that means is that there's like a teeny bit of THC, not enough to do anything to make you high, but it just helps the CBD work. And the thing with CBD being legal and like hemp being decriminalized, which I think is great from an industrial standpoint, is that you need to smush up about 100 hemp plants to get this extract the same level of CBD from a cannabis sativa, the cannabis plant that gets you high. And so if we legalized everywhere, we could sell CBD products, but it'd be a lot better for the environment. And next time you get CBD, look and see what it says about the spectrum. If it says full spectrum, that's the most useful medicinally because they it's only CBD, you're not getting high, but they keep all the other cannabinoids and terpenes and all the other things that this plant makes just to be the most effective. And then there's um, broad spectrum, which means there's some, but we have in New York, which you'll probably see is CBD isolate. And that means that like a lot of chemical processes have happened to make sure that this chemical just stands alone by itself with nothing that could attach it to, you know, the illegal cannabis plant and it's not bad like take it you know it's not bad it's better than nothing but it's certainly not the most effective efficient or environmentally friendly way for people to get their cbd oh and a fun fact about cbd is that if you are susceptible to i mean we all are it works as an antidote to thc so if you like eat an edible become like too high if you have a cbd tincture and you take some of that that will lower your high down that is good to know yeah (laughs) yeah because i have been there (laughs) Uh, thank you so much for that. It's a, th- it, so I love the science of that, and I also it it is what you just said. I mean, I literally like brought you here because I was like, I just uh, I need you to explain all these things to me that I don't <laughs> understand. I'm like ready to learn. Um, well, I have noticed. So CBD became. Uh, like legally available at uh, like retail shops. I'm sure everybody here who lives in New York City has walked past like a pop-up store that has CBD lattes, right? Or, um, you know, literally uh, the bodega that I stopped in to get like a coconut water and some string cheese before I came here had CBD seltzers, which which I brought with me. And like, 
I've seen them so many different places and I've tried several different kinds of products. Um, some of them are in teas. Some of them are in like concentrated like tincture form. Some of, I've seen them in pill form. I've seen them uh, in sort of like uh, emergency packets, right? Where you like put it in water. Um, so many different things. And um, it, it's, it's amazing how sometimes I just, I feel nothing when I, when I have some and I'm like, well, feeling nothing, I guess is better than feeling something bad. Yeah. That's why I wor- <laughs> I worry that people like, like, you know, are like, Ooh, it's legal. I'm gonna try some CBD and then it does nothing. I mean, it's not necessarily doing nothing the way I think of it. Like it's really great from a nutritional standpoint. If yeah. you want to like throw some like CBD oil into a smoothie, that is really good for your body, but it's not going to make, I'm worried that people are going to get it, hoping to feel this like euphoric calm that it just doesn't chemically produce the way we're receiving it and then be like, eh, and, you know, and not really get that into it or become really active within legalization. Or get used to that and then somebody offers them something with THC and then as often happens with people who have negative associations with smoking weed or eating edibles is that then they're in the wrong set and setting like you were describing and then they associate it with with paranoia or feeling higher than they expected it to be right so yeah yeah, that's that's really interesting and and that can happen I mean I've had that experience once I got so high I didn't leave a tent for two days (laughs) you know um but I was I was young and, and ate too much And it was before, you know, we had things dosed out and I knew, you know, now I know the exact dosage I can take for an edible to function just like properly and normally with like feeling good and calm. And then I know like the exact dosage when I like want to party. But and that's what's great about legalization. But yeah, if you take the wrong amount, oh, that can be hell. Yeah. 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 Or if you if you take something and you think that it's going to produce one effect and then you think, you know, you're like, oh, well, then you have an idea of, like, what weed is or, like, what cannabis can do, and then you just, like, dismiss it or write it off and don't, like, actually take the opportunity to, like, explore and experiment with different kinds of things and and understand what the benefits could potentially be for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, speaking of broad spectrum products, you know, I just got this bag with all of these products, uh, some of which I've actually tried before. Um, So I really want to talk about topicals. So uh, while I'm pulling some of these, um, while some of these um, Foria products out, um, let's talk about topicals. So, so Carly, uh, working at the West Village Mm -hmm. store, you guys sell... Yeah, we sell the Foria. We also have um, Bella de Amor, which is a lubricant. So we're like, those are more for like the vulva and everything like that. The lube like will go inside and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you get people specifically coming into the store saying, I hear you have CBD sex products? 
So for a while we had it, we have a sandwich board that we put outside with like artwork about upcoming events. And we had in big letters, like we put a pot leaf because that's what it comes from. And we were like, we have CBD products and people come in and they were like, do you sell pot here? And I'm like, nope, still illegal, but we have CBD stuff. (laughs) So do you, do you take the opportunity to educate them about the difference? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really curious when people, okay, I feel like in our uh, Western culture and like in America in particular, um, we have this like uh, quick fix mentality where we're like, oh, I want to have great sex. So give me a product that mm-hmm. will give me great sex when I use it, guaranteed. Yeah. And I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I just have to use the thing I bought and then the sex will be yeah, great. And then magic happens. Right. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of things that are uh, advertised as aphrodisiacs take advantage of that attitude. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've used some of these products, so I have some opinions, but I, I'm curious if you guys can speak to like... Well, Carly, can you can you speak to sort of like the attitude that you see from people like what when when they start to think like, oh, I could use like cannabis. I'm in a sex store. How could I use cannabis in my sex life? Like, where do you think that their their minds go? I think that their minds go to treating it like an herbal form of Viagra. And they think it's going to like give them like an automatic boner or make everything like you're going to come automatically or like you haven't come ever. And like now is the time you're going to put it on. And now like you get it and you know where to touch yourself. And so, like, and will, and, yeah. and will it do that? I'm going to say no, <laughs> you still have to put in the work. Damn it will, it. it will help you get there, yeah. but it's not going to like put in the work of knowing your body and figuring out what you like. Well, how does it help you get there? Um, so, I mean, I can talk from personal experience. Sure, um, if you'd like to. Yeah, yeah, I love to. It's my favorite <laughs> thing to do is overshare. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I haven't tried the Fourier yet, um, but I do have one, um, I forget what it's called, but it's from Bread X Butter, and I uh, used it yesterday, and I like to can think you, can that... You say, like, can you describe exactly what this product is? Yeah, so it's essentially similar to Fourier. It has a little bit of C- CBD, a little bit of THC. Um, mine has THC because I got it legally. <laughs> um, but it's a bomb and you put it on you can put it on the clit or the vulva um, and I really like it because it helps not get like oversensitized because I personally queen of wands love really strong vibrators mm. like I can like go to like the top notch and then be done but like I feel like it helps like draw out the pleasure and like draw out sensations and not like overstimulate your body so I just feel like it can really enhance everything in a way that like other products don't necessarily do, um, because a lot of other stimulating products will make things like tingly and intense and like almost like pins and needles to me, mm. and that doesn't do that. It makes it more sensitive without feeling like tingly. Well, because so there are there are products that are sold here at Pleasure Chest um, that uh, you usually will see like next to the lubes, but mm-hmm. they're not lubes in the sense that like a water-based or a silicone or an oil-based lube um, that is like designed to make things like more slippery. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, they, they actually have like certain like herbs or other properties yeah, that like, like cinnamon, sweet almond oil, clove, clove or yeah. menthol, yeah. right? And like the idea behind those products scientifically is that they are 
the, you know, the, the ingredients that they use draw blood to the area, right? And they do. And it, right? Yeah. And so, do, like, engorgement mm-hmm. is the physiological definition of arousal, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when you are aroused, blood is drawn to your genitals and you get wet or you get hard or you get swollen. So those those products can sort of get you on your way and then once you're feeling for some people once they're feeling those tingly sensations once they've got some like circulation going on that like starts them it like revs their engines right Mm -hmm. and like starts them uh, like off to the path of arousal and then like their body and their consciousness like takes over Mm -hmm. and sometimes it can just be like a reminder to your body like we can do this (laughs) you know so um and and so as i understand it weed lube or weed oils or weed sprays are, are essentially the same except the, um, and they might have some of those other, uh, like products in them. Uh, but the CBD does that the CBD like draws blood to the area. And in my experience using, um, the Foria awaken, which is basically just like coconut oil mm-hmm. with CBD and several other um, products in here as well, like kava root and cinnamon and ginger. It's like a tea that you spray in your clit. And then, I, so I, I loved it. It made me feel like really, I mean, first of all, it's an oil and like coconut oil on the vulva. It feels great to me, not mm-hmm. to everyone. Um, but it really, it did. It just like got me like super swollen. And then like once I was swollen, I... Uh, just like got into it and I did find that and you know and then like my whole pelvic area was like more relaxed mm-hmm. as a result and then I like came really hard and I was like great yeah that's another <laughs> really great thing about the like the CBD and THC stuff to like go inside of you I had um, the really aggressive like cancer form of HPV and mm-hmm. had to get like a colposcopy and they like burned a piece of my insides off and I used to love like big hard and deep and yeah. like now I cannot do that like no matter how much warm up I do and like that allows me to like get pounded the way I like to you know yeah I mean yeah. that's beautiful yeah. and like also I just feel like so many again like I know I've said this but I feel like so many things are coming up is like ugh, the world has like screwed me over in this awful way but now this cannabis product is helping me to have better sex like than I was able to since the world fucked with me so much. Yeah. What do you think, Sophie, about these about topicals? I I like topicals. I rub them on like my hands after I've been typing all day. Totally. Sexually, I agree with everything you said about foria pleasure. You can also spray on your pussy, and if someone eats you out, you can turn your mm-hmm. pussy into an edible. Yeah. <laughs> Sophie, this Um, is why you're here today. But um, (laughs) my thank you. But my favorite, my best experience with Foria has been anally. I find their anal suppositories wonderful for anal sex prep. Like, yeah, tell us, tell us more about. Oh, yeah, we do have some of the suppositories right here, which which can also, I'm I'm told, speaking of ways that being alive sucks, um, uh, these are also designed to help with period. Uh, yeah, as, as well, right? I've so used, you can. I like them for that. Yeah, because I mean, when you think about like something that is like relaxing the muscles around an area that can not only be arousing, but like if you know there's like 
horrible stabbing murder happening in your uh, abdomen, um, then maybe uh, <laughs> relaxing those muscles um, is that's good medicine. But also butt stuff. Yeah, um, I I like for it. I've used you. you this stuff doesn't work on on bio penises. Um, there's not enough mucous membrane, so it needs to be on the vulva or in the anus if you want to receive it yourself. And I am a you know fastidious anal sex prep preacher. <laughs> I think yeah. I think yeah. Pe- I, people don't know, but you have to like really take your time. You know, fingers, lube butt plug or other toy and then it's funny you say that because I was like we don't have suppositories and I was like it's fine I got a finger in the other stuff (laughs) (laughs) that would work too yeah but I and I really enjoy anal sex but it takes preparation and yeah I was able to I like put one of those in because it also it kills pain you know and we're usually warned against these like numbing out anal sex creams but those um I mean, it doesn't, it's not plant-based either, but it's also very, very, you know, just localized, just kind of like freezes your, your butthole basically. But since um, cannabis goes through your entire body, your entire endocannabinoid system, it's, it's pain relief in a way where you're still, you know, aware if something's wrong, but feel, but helps muscles relax, you know, enhances pleasure. And so I found it, yeah, I shoved a giant dildo up my butt after one. I never, yeah, like new record. It was easy. <laughs> weed, yeah, weed can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also just the, the idea of, like, a suppository that can, that can go deep inside and, and be... Uh, and are they, they're also made from, um, from oil. Yeah. yeah, cocoa butter. Yeah, so that's also just good for, lo- like, friction reduction, like, up in there. Yeah, that's great. I really like what you were saying about, um, yeah, there are... We, sex educators generally advise against using either topicals or, you know, things that you ingest like whiskey to numb yourself um, before taking it in the butt. Um, Because first of all, like sex is supposed to be about pleasure and experience instead of, I don't want to say supposed to. Uh, Ideally, one would like sex to be about pleasure and experience and connection and not like having to like tense up and shut down and numb yourself in order to like get through something um, or to like prove something to yourself or someone else. Um, so yeah, I like the idea of something that is pain relieving or anti-inflammatory or relaxing that makes anal sex feel, that, that makes you more receptive to anal penetration and and then I do feel like it becomes like a snowball. I said it's a snowball effect, um, where like one like once you once you feel relaxed, once you feel that you trust your partner to go slow and use a lot of lube, um, then it can kind of uh, like build on itself, right? Where then you feel like. Your, your body, like, you're, you're train I mean, that's why we call it anal training. Because you're, 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 like, being, condi- you know, you're conditioning yourself to, um, to be more relaxed and open by feeling, um, not by, like, numbing or clenching. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Weed can do that, too. <laughs> and that's interesting about, so, so somebody who has an attached penis, if they rubbed these no. topicals like on their dick there's just like nothing not you enough. gotta put it up your butt guess what guys <laughs> and gals 
Listen, for as much pro butt as I am, uh, my partner, we made some like a couple Christmases ago to give to people, which was surprisingly easy. Weed lube? Yeah. Cool. Um, and we put it on his dick and he liked it. Huh. Yeah. What did he say? How did he say it and feel? He says it intensified his orgasm. Cool. So he didn't feel anything in the moment, but like, like at the end, it was like, wow. <laughs> Cool. I mean, also, if that is a placebo effect, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, mean, you just gotta works, you yeah. gotta focus more on the head than anything else. That's where more of the like glands are. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also, if somebody puts one of these suppositories in their butt and you rim them, then yeah. their butthole is inedible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like really dosed really well. Like one spray of Foria is like five milligrams, so. God, yeah, I was I was writing my article. I was like putting five on one nipple, five on the other, and I can like lick my own nipples, so I would like get high off my nipples. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you if you, how does it feel when you put them on your nipples? When you put the the like topicals on your nipples? Um, I mean, not bad. The the highlight was ingesting it for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that is so amazing. I love that. I love the idea of like a sex party where somebody is like walking around like a like a human edible that's actually a nice objectification sex yeah i'm writing i'm making now. notes for like There's porn that i'm gonna make <laughs> yeah <laughs> to like yeah objectifying someone by turning them into an edible i really like that yeah. well uh, so you you mentioned sex parties so can you give some tips for like integrating cannabis use into a group sex scenario yeah well i'll go ahead and plug them um some of my best friends created a sex and weed club called NSFW. It's very kink friendly, very queer friendly. And speaking to the mic, you know, at all the events, they have CBD tables of CBD products. Mm. And, you know, there's also an alcohol option, but it just feels different, you know? Um, Like a, a sense of community is really formed and I, Cannabis can affect consent, like, you know, any, anything can. Yeah. But I don't see people getting as, as sloppy there yeah. as I have at other public sex events. And going into one, I'm, I'm, I'll probably go back to my answer about finding what works for you. Yeah. You know, so to ensure you have a good experience, because you don't want to get, get, have, like, a paranoid freak out at a sex club but I don't know I always have a really good time when I go I guess well can we talk a little bit about how to not have a paranoid freak out start small start very small um it depends on your method of intake you know but if you're smoking take take one or two hits and then like wait 15 minutes um edibles the starting dosage is five milligrams you know, now I can eat 10 milligrams and like barely feel anything. Um, but I remember, but once 10 milligrams used to make me trip, you know, that's a wow, to- tolerance, like, like, like built up. Yeah. I know my, I did like 50 the other weekend <laughs> yeah. at once. Yeah. 50 milligrams of yeah. THC legally yeah. acquired. Yeah, legally acquired. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah of yeah. course. Yeah. No, my wow. edibles wow. are coming like 40 milligrams ones and mm-hmm. you have to like cut them up if you want smaller. Yeah. That's what we did. We just ate the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so I, I guess yeah. my, my answer is education, you know, really know yourself. Um, start, start small edibles, take an hour and a half to kick in. So don't take another one until an hour and a half after that. But also depends on your metabolism. That's like I'm, true. I weigh almost 300 pounds, so you know, 
it'll take a lot more to knock yeah. me off my ass. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, it's fun to experiment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely taken too much and been, like, stuck in the couch, like, not able to stand. <laughs> yeah, and that's a, you know, another thing that which you've alluded to that, uh, you know... It, especially if you're getting things um, from, if you're getting products from a dispensary, it will probably say if the strain is sativa or indica. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, sativa, as Sophie mentioned, tends to be more like creative, uh, stimulation, awake, uh, whereas indica, you can remember as... In the couch. In the couch. Uh, <laughs> is, is, is more like um, for, for sleeping, for like, I just really want to like melt into the couch and watch a movie. Um, you know, and I think there is like more of a stereotype of the like lazy stoner that is associated with uh, the uh, into couch. But like, obviously, like life is really hard. And sometimes having something that helps you just to like melt <laughs> into the bath or to like fucking go to sleep, uh, I think is, is really beneficial. But if you think like, I'm going to take this and like have a like six hour fuck fest or I'm going to take this and like go for a bike ride and it's like a really strong indica. Um, then you're going to feel really, you're going to be like, Oh, I'm like, feel like sleepy and lazy and bad. And then, and then you're going to have like a negative association. Right. Whereas like, you might actually, I always compare it to like, if you are looking for a chamomile tea and somebody gives you like a, like a, Earl Grey, uh, you're going to be upset about that, right? Because an Earl Grey is like a breakfast tea that's caffeinated and is supposed to like wake you up and be really stimulating. And if you want like a chamomile tea because you want to be into couch, um, <laughs> um, then you're, you know, then you're going to be like, fuck tea. I hate tea. But like, it, you actually just had the wrong flavor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like butt stuff. It's like people are. I hated that, but it's because somebody didn't like use it's, lube. It's and exactly you up. like butt stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Weed and butt stuff yeah. are the same in every way. <laughs> I'd, I'd vote for that ticket. Like you know. <laughs> me, too, <laughs> yeah. me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. My God. Um, yeah, and I think the other thing that's really important to talk about is the set and setting thing, right? Where I mean, I, I, re it's very important to me if I'm gonna like smoke a joint where I'm like really want to like get high legally. <laughs> um, it's very important to me to like put on the music that I want to be listening to, or that the people in that I'm smoking with like all want to listen to together, because like for me, music is a, a very important influence on like vibes and moods and like the stimulation uh, of my consciousness and how I feel in my body. Um, and so, uh, and I find like, I, I feel like I've kind of con conditioned myself. Like if somebody is passing me a joint, like if the, if the vibe isn't right, I'm from California. If the vibe isn't right, I, I don't want it. Even though I confession everybody, I like really love weed. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I like definitely know that I don't want it if I am sensing that it, I'm not going to be like receiving it correctly and to, to be or like for correctly for like what I need in that moment. Um, and I, I think something like that, it might for you be music. It might be like, I don't want to be inside. I want to be out. Like, I want to go outside. Um, or you might want to be inside because being outside is like, oh, who's over there? Who's looking at me? Like, what's happening, you know? And I think a lot of that paranoia also does come from cannabis historically being not only stigmatized, but, but illegal. Um, and for many people, there is a serious risk of being caught with 
like a single joint or like the suspicion of a single joint on you could end up with you being incarcerated. And like, that is, um, something to be, uh, paranoid about yeah. or to be considerate of. Like every time I fly, they take one look at me and they're like, we're going to search your luggage. So I, if I ever fly with anything at all, I put all my vibrators and sex toys on top of it so Ooh. that <laughs> the last time somebody like pulled my vibrator, I'm like, what is this? I'm like, that sir is my vibrator. Can you please put it down? <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> so you know it protects your pot because people are genius. genuinely skeeved out by your sex toys. Let's use that's genius. Sex I'm gonna phobia. do that. I'm going to yeah. LA in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Midori. <laughs> Midori tells a really funny story about being like, oh, like you might not want to touch that flogger. I haven't cleaned it since the last time I used it on someone at a sex party, and they mm-hmm. were like, I had just fucked them in the ass, so it's covered in lube or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, I would actually never do that. I'm extremely fastidious about cleaning yeah. up all of my toys. Um, like after I use them and before I travel um, but I like using that like Mm -hmm. fear and stigma like for my own benefit and against people there's one more thing that I want to talk about which is uh, incorporating cannabis into kink play do you guys have any ideas or tips that we've mentioned objectification of turning someone to in, in into a human edible how, maybe turning someone into a human bong I'm, ashtray or ashtray that's a good one forced intox yes let's talk about i saw your I article about on, that. Yeah. On, on forced intox what what is what is that forced intox is consensual it's when a you know dominant the dominant person forces the sub to consume. Um, I've heard stories of like pill tables that, you know, you spin it and there's different psychoactive pills. I've heard about, I have Dom friends who have, who have beer bongs and some people want, want that. Um, and, (laughs) and increasingly cannabis is being used. Um, someone will be, you know, everything from all tied up and their Dom will put a gas mask on them. Um, or the gas mask in and of itself. Right. It's so kinky. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one. I mean, I think it's like, you know, that expression, like anything can be a, a dildo if you're creative enough. Like anything, any kink can have cannabis in it. Like, <laughs> it alters your consciousness and, and like affects your ability. Or it affects the way that you experience sensation, that you experience emotion, that you experience your relations to others, that your, your sense of your environment and it, it makes you goofy, you know? It makes you laugh. It makes you giggle. It lowers your inhibitions. It increases your dopamine level. I think it makes, when it comes to kink, I, I'm trying to write about this more because I find it fascinating. I, all I've heard across the board, and I, I can speak to this person, is that it lets you have fun mm-hmm. a little bit more. Be and playful. Especially, and especially for a, lot of, for a lot of people, you know, maybe not for everyone here in, like, the basement of the pleasure chest in New York City, but, like, <laughs> kings can be a big hang-up. Trying yeah. something can be a big hang-up. You know, letting yourself let go into a role or to submit or to... And I've, I think it can help... I think it can help people get into subspace and dom space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, uh, especially sativas... Uh, and certain strains can be very stimulating creatively. So if you're feeling inhibited about dirty talk or inhibited about role play and you think, like, I'm not going to know what to say, mm-hmm. I think a little bit of weed can, like, loosen your tongue and, like, get you sort of connected to that, like, uh, that that verbally creative side where you also feel, like, less self-conscious about being inventive mm-hmm. and trying things out and, and, and also being funny yeah. and making people giggle. Because sex is funny. Yeah. It sure, sure is. Yeah. Oh, my God. So 
the reason why I was so excited to say human ashtray is because my partner <laughs> finally let me ash in their mouth. So I was smoking a blunt because I don't smoke cigarettes. And I realized that I don't know how to ash into somebody's mouth. <laughs> because every time I ash, I just like kind of tap it on the ashtray. And I'm not going to tap like the hot cherry on someone's mouth. Right. So the more I kept doing it and the more I kept missing, the funnier I thought it was. <laughs> so I just kept getting more and more stoned. And there was just like ash all over the pillows on the bed. And I was just like, fuck it. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Um, smoking in bed is dangerous, folks. So, you know, just make sure that you um, are making risk-aware assessments about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's really funny and amazing. Yeah. I'm going to incorporate a knife into it next time so I can, like... <laughs> Always a good idea. Yeah, right? Yeah. Levels, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But apparently I have terrible aim. Yeah. I mean, practice makes perfect. Yeah. I don't know how much longer he's going to let me keep trying to do it, though. <laughs> I mean, that's up to you. Yeah. I'm sure I can find another willing mouth. I think you, you know what? I believe in that for you. (laughs) If anyone out there listening to this podcast (laughs) would like to offer themselves up. Also make Bernays sauce? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hollandaise. Hollandaise. I can do Bernays too. I'm really good at sauces. Do you know what goes really well together is eggs benedict and uh, blunt. Yeah. 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 And and human ashtrays. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And being a slut. Totally. 100%. We've talked a little about the idea of aphrodisiacs and things that are marketed as aphrodisiacs or, you know, certain foods are considered aphrodisiacs for like certain reasons. Sometimes it's because of a cultural tradition or association and, and some Sometimes it's because of some quality of the food. I'm, I'm curious if you guys can talk about if you were going to be manufacturing a strain of cannabis, either for smoking flowers or vaping that was like specifically designed to be marketed as an aphrodisiac, what would be the things that you would be trying to cultivate in the plant? I mean, I love edibles for this reason, but cannabis strains smoked or vaped can do it too. But, you know, I would definitely want to make sure there was a intense body high Mm -hmm. and that it affected the senses. And just, just like an upside, like we are, it really sucks that it was illegal for so long. Like we say THC and CBD, there are over a hundred cannabinoids, you know, that we don't even know about or what they do. People started researching THC when they realized it got you high and then now we've moved on to the, they're, they're curious enough and we're like, oh, this one looks like it's an anti-anxiety. And so we have CBD, but. Well, and also part of the reason that that people are like literally not able to get funding to study it is because so, it was yeah. a controlled substance for so long. So so I'm really excited to see how the, to learn all the different ways that cannabis can be everything from an aphrodisiac to who knows when we are actually able to really look at it. Um, but other than the thought, like, like in heightened sense of touch and you know, usually more CBD strains, but I think the heightened sense of, of empathy or like mm. emotional compassion that heart opening, heart opening that it makes you better in bed, you know, when you're thinking about and in tune to what your partner wants and the vibe. But I would make Don't people, maybe this, this, like, I feel so strong, strongly about this. I would make people fill out questionnaires mm. and I would have options because some people need to unwind and are anxious. Some people are like nervous and need to calm their nerves. Some people are, you know, maybe really have trouble concentrating, maybe have something like ADHD and, and have a hard time staying in the moment. And they would like, I would rather have the, give them a sativa with like a certain THC ratio and then give the person who gets panic attacks and body insecurity during sex, like a really calming 
indica with a high CBD strain. Or if somebody is like leans towards depression and part of the reason that they're having trouble in their sex life is that they can't like get themselves to care about themselves or their own pleasure or their partner and their partner's pleasure, then maybe giving them um, something that is more stimulating would be good. But if you give again, it's like the thing I was saying about, um, about Earl Grey versus chamomile. Like if you give the person who needs a cup of chamomile, a cup of Earl Grey, they're going to be like, fuck this. Yeah. And like, vice versa. Oh, they'll be like, oh, I got caffeine. I can't sleep all night, you yeah, know, or yeah. like, the op- yeah, it'll mess them up. So that's my answer. I hear about strains. I was just in Jamaica for a cannabis conference and everyone was giving us this strain that they're like, everyone on the island knows it's an aphrodisiac. And obviously I believe that. I believe that this, you know, legend has cultivated around that strain. And um, my friends at NSFW, the sex and weed club are currently doing just this, working with a California grower to create a strain that is meant to enhance sexual pleasure. Um, I don't know. I always kind of come at it from a, a skeptical viewpoint, and I just think that's too broad. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not hating on it. Like, please make it. I'm definitely going to try it. I mean, but it's, like, it's like sex toys. When like there's not one thing that works for everybody. Yeah. There are things that are popular that work for a lot of people, but there's not one thing that works for everybody. Well, and that's why it, I truly believe that places like the Pleasure Chest are so great because you don't just come in and say, like, uh, 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 like I want to come period, or I want to come harder, or I want to come in a certain way, um, I'll grab this product. Like, like there are so many different kinds of vibrators. And in some ways it's like, there are lots of variations on the same thing, but there are like lots of different qualities. Like, do you want something that's insertable? Do you want something that's for external use? Do you want something like, I think sometimes people say, dildo when they mean vibrator or Mm -hmm. vibrator when they mean dildo it's like do you want something that you can use with multiple partners do you want something that you might be able to use anally do you want something that's stimulating Mm -hmm. to the g-spot which exists by the way Mm -hmm. i can't believe we're still having this fucking conversation (laughs) um you know do you want something that's stimulating to the prostate Mm -hmm. like etc etc and um and yeah like coming to the pleasure test is an opportunity to like to to essentially Mm -hmm. to fill out that questionnaire and say like not just i'm looking for better sex but like well what does I mean, that and, mean to you? And some people yeah. have never been asked to even consider what that means. They I can't tell you how many normal. times that people are like, I want a normal vibrator. And I have to be like, well, what does that mean to you? Because like, I mean, what I think is normal and what you think is normal, <laughs> I can promise you, are two very different things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that the whole idea of like not wanting to be weird or yeah. unusual um, is uh, such a shame and is based yeah. in shame. But um, but this is another similarity between sex and cannabis mm-hmm. is, is uh, because of, in some cases, um, certain kinds of sex being illegal and being uh, considered immoral, um, which is like a chicken and egg situation, right? But then also as a result being stigmatized, be, you know, people are not educated and they don't know themselves and they don't know how to communicate, right? And that's something really similar with cannabis where because it is illegal, it's considered immoral and then it's, it's stigmatized and people don't know about all of the things that we're talking about and like what, like all of the wonderful things that can come from, from, both, of, from both of these things. Any other kink ideas? Does anybody out there have a weed and kink idea? Yeah, you do. God, I'm so glad you brought up sounding. So let's define uh, let's define sounding. Uh, so basically, uh, sounding is uh, a medical procedure where a, a stainless steel, usually tool, is inserted into the urethra for many 
medical reasons like getting rid of scar tissue or like various other reasons. Now, of course, like basically all medical procedures and and basically everything else, kinky perverts uh, have co-opted this practice um, and and seen the potential for the vulnerability and the mindfuck of someone um, with a penis, uh, having their penis literally penetrated, uh, having their urethra dilated and like the control or the sense of ownership that they could give to someone, whether that person is playing doctor or they're just like, I do whatever I want with your body. Of course, this is all within the context of uh, adult consent and negotiation. But yeah, are there more, like, if if cannabis oil was in, do we recommend, uh, here's, my que- here's my question. There's a community known as the diaper stoners. The diaper stoners. Adult babies who like to get high in their diapers. But do they put... Oh, it's a whole group on FetLife. Okay, uh, uh, stoner, 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 stoner adult babies, get at me. I want to know, do you put the CBD oil in your urethra? What's going on in that? They're like powdering their diapers with it, right? (laughs) I'm kidding, I I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. And this is no judgment, I just truly don't know. I bet my friend Penny Barber would know. They mostly when I, they mostly spoke about how it changed the crinkles of the diaper <laughs> and like helped them feel youthful again. I, I mean, That's lovely. Yeah, you know they they were they were delightful. They they were. I mean, even yeah. though cannabis is an activity for um, adults, <laughs> l- legal adults <laughs> legally, obviously, like one of the benefits, as you were alluding to earlier, I think, Sophie, is that it it, it gets you into a state into like it can help get you into a childlike state um, in the sense of like your imagination being stimulated and your sense of play and not thinking about like all of the crushing responsibilities uh, of the world. So um, I, I, I truly don't know what it would be like to put um, a Foria product in someone's urethra, but I intend to find out. So thank you for bringing up sounding. I'm always That is happy. a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Do you have another? Absolutely. So um, do you guys want to rephrase that on the mic? <laughs> Because it's a great suggestion. I'm so curious about the hypnosis. Apparently, cannabis can help you enter a trance-like state. Excuse me, trance-like. Yeah. It makes you more trance-like state. A trance-like state. Yeah. Like yeah, they, yeah. yeah. It makes the, you more, su- more suggestible and, and erotic hypnosis to persuasion. Yeah. yeah and sense. you can use a heavy sleepy indica mm-hmm. for like sleep, sex, role play, and fantasies. Yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, uh, whether you... So uh, erotic hypnosis, totally a thing, um, including uh, one of our guests. um, And yeah, it makes sense that cannabis would make people more susceptible to being put in that translate state, um, obviously, you know, with everybody consenting to, to, um, uh, having that power dynamic between them. And then the idea then that like also, uh, of being like woken up mid sex, uh, consenting ahead of time for someone to start having sex with you while you're asleep, you know, sedating someone with indica is probably preferable to some other things that sedate you and then just like make you like totally, blackout where you might like drift in and out of a dreamy state while doing that that's that's fun topicals are great for aftercare especially like impact play bruises yeah 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 definitely even the the sleep thing makes me think of if you have a partner who is maybe if you like have a switch dynamic with your partner or you want your partner to switch and you want them to just like 
be more receptive to pleasure. Like if you have a partner who is, for example, a type A Virgo, um, uh, who, <laughs> who is like, ver- like very into topping from a place of like, I'm planning and like, I'm going to be in control and like, I'm going to like make everything absolutely fucking perfect Jeez, for you. Gina just at me. Like. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe giving that person an indica and then like putting them in the bath. Oh, there are also totally like bath bomb, like cannabis mm-hmm. products. So just like putting like literally like putting someone in like a cauldron of, <laughs> of weed. Your, your bathtub is a cauldron. I can confirm. 100%. And then, and, and just getting them into, into that state of like being much more receptive and like literally like that stoner stereotype again of like being lazy where like your limbs feel heavy. Like we'll stop them from like getting up and being like, okay, now I'm on top, you know, and just being like, just be a, it's like forced pillow princessing is what I'm talking about. So my partner literally does (laughs) that to me. I I brought back THC basalts from LA when I went out there and like sometimes legally, legally, yeah, yeah, Yeah. under the vibrator, it was legal. (laughs) Um, But when like there was times I was like stomping around the house just angry and he like ran a bath and like put me in it and I like chilled out and I was just like oh all right forced chilling forced chill out that sounds awesome well I mean but this is a good segue into your book yeah. Sophie, because like, you know, there are baths in it. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> if it's a self-care book and there's no baths in it, I'm yeah. going to write an angry letter. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, the idea that that uh, that weed can be involved in your self-care routine, but also like a way of showing care to another person mm-hmm. is making them do the thing that is hard for them to get themselves to do to take care of themselves. And meta, caring for another person is a form of self-care and has all these great health benefits. Whoa. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love all that. I really want us to just talk in general about... I'm not sure, even sure how to phrase this question, but it definitely came up when we were brainstorming how, uh, you know, the the topics that we wanted to cover. I, I just, I think that every conversation about cannabis right now needs to include a discussion about injustice. And especially since there are all these like lovely, beautiful products now um, that we can like have that are legal and that we can sell here at the pleasure chest and that we can talk about openly. And um, so many people who are profiting off of cannabis right now. And I wonder who those people are and who they should be. What do you guys think? Well, <laughs> I, do you want to go no, first? Go um, I mean, I know, and I know I'm part of the problem as a white woman writing a cannabis self-care book. Um, I think my story and my knowledge is worthy, but I don't think it can exist without acknowledging the fact that this industry erupted overnight like it's a new thing when it's not like people have always been selling marijuana in america just all those people are people of color who are in jail so it's it's people should be very angry like it's 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 complete bullshit that like these like white ceos who probably have no personal experience with cannabis just money like seeing an investment opportunity and they're making the money when people are still locked up um tons of people I don't know. I I do prison advocacy work for myself, and I find it very important also just to stay 
as involved as you can with your own local laws because there are good social equity programs. And the reason we don't have legal in New York is because the social equity program wasn't up to par, among other reasons. That is what was decided, which is right. Like, I wish it was legal, but these social equity programs, LA actually has a really good one, as does California, you know, make it mandatory. Like, um, where there is a, um, you know, there, where prisoners are not, I, don't, I hate the word prison, where incarcerated people are not only released, you know, but like given cannabis jobs and opportunities. And I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to hire them because they've been yeah. doing this for so long. Yeah. They know what the fuck they're doing way better than you. You know, you can hire like the, the brander. So it's there. It's often the elephant in the room. So I'm glad it's not the elephant in this room. And I just, I, I think, get advice. You know, if you if you if you enjoy working with prisoners, that I do find that to be a fulfilling activity. But uh, like, get grassroots, and there's some really great New York organizations who are lobbying for it. Um, legal, it should not be legal without social equity programs, and you can look into your state and local laws to learn more about that. Absolutely, Carly. Do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I grew up with uh, my father is featured heavily in cocaine cowboys my mother like I grew up going to rehab with her she became like a social worker so like I grew up seeing folks going through drug programs and stuff and it it affects me greatly watching these shows where it's like all these white folks that have no idea what the prison system looks like and they're profiting off of things that people are incarcerated for nonviolence offenses and it it sucks and it hurts and I take it really personal so like yeah. You know, especially because it is, like, super personal because, like, that's how I was raised. So it's just, it's nice to see that there are people in the industry that, like, give a shit about it and, like, are actively trying to do, like, their part because a lot of time you see these activists or, like, people that are, like, sex educators that do cannabis stuff as well that are just, like, oh, well. and It, it feels great. Yeah, and it's just, like, there's more to it than that. And without acknowledging that, you're kind of, like, I, I can't take people seriously. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. And I think that there really is, you know, anybody who is a regular listener to this show uh, and hopefully people in this room know that uh, the global decriminalization of sex work is a cause that is extremely important to me. And I, I think that decriminalizing sex work and, you know, also like uh, non-normative forms of sexual expression like queerness, you know, sodomy, even though those laws are off the books, it's still enforced. So like, I think that we have to recognize that like the consensual pursuit of pleasure, especially by people who are more marginalized people of color, working class people, queer people, trans people, and women, by the way, <laughs> pursuit of pleasure through sex and the expression of uh, of sexual freedom, um, as well as the pursuit of pleasure through like the use of a plant medicinally or for witchcraft or what have you. They are made illegal and stigmatized and suppressed for the same reasons. And so as we work towards decriminalizing those, you know, those substances or those acts or those interactions or those communities, uh, I think that we have to keep in mind like how uh, to make that transition benefit the people who have been most oppressed by the stigma and the illegality of those things that never should have been stigmatized or illegal in the first place. Yeah. Yes. That's what I think about that. Cool. So... Does anybody have any questions about sex and weed? We will rephrase your question. 
So you, your voice will not be on the podcast. What a great question. I cannot fucking believe we haven't talked about wow. stoner porn yet. She um, says I'm doing that at the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You yourself, we have a real life stony porn star yeah. and pornographer in our midst. <laughs> Would you like to talk about what makes stony porn so stony? <laughs> I don't know what makes it so stony. I feel like it's just the people that are in it are like inherently stony and that's what <laughs> like makes it great. Um, but I appreciate that you're looking for sources to like purchase some porn instead of just like ripping some from a tube. Like that's really wonderful. Oh, yeah. um, many vids is really great. Um, you might find me on many vids. <laughs> um, and many, many friends of the pod are on, yeah. are on many vids. Um, so it's, it's great. You can do like very specific search words and find that. Um, what's another one? Uh, Wood Rocket is another one that does like, I think they are like at the forefront of stoner porn because they do a lot of parody porn. Right. Parody porn is yeah. great when you're stoned. Right? <laughs> so I exclusively buy parody porn. That's all that I purchase besides like tipping sex workers directly. So like, you know, if it's not like fun, then it's not fun. Well, that's something that I actually have noticed, and this is something I've talked about on the show and written about a lot, is as people are more able to, through both the commercial accessibility of porn making machines like this one that I also use as a phone and the the availability of platforms where you can um, post your own porn and charge what you want more and more sex workers and pornographers are making their own individual production companies like Carly over here and I, I have actually noticed more explicit smoking weed in the porn and like integrated into the themes than I used to. And I, and I think that part of it is because like when you're making your own porn, either when it's just you or your partner's filming you or you're getting together with your friends, there's more of a sense of what do we want to do? What we, what yeah. we want to do. And mm -hmm. also like, I, I trust all the people here so mm -hmm. I can actually like get really stoned and like let go in that way that makes me maybe forget that there's a camera there mm -hmm. so I can like be more authentic which is mm -hmm. what we all want from porn authenticity right guys <laughs> but also to, to be more present and maybe to like have the kind of sex that you would have when the cameras aren't there um, because you're not paying as close attention to it or just because that's like a part of being a stoner is a part of your identity and you want to integrate it and probably also it gives you a little bit of a like I'm a bad girl edge you know whether it's porn or or play parties or sex as representative of I guess even you know bodegas I've noticed that all of a sudden people are just there's cannabis in things, and I don't really think anything has changed. I just think you're allowed to now. Yeah, you're and, allowed to talk about it now. Yeah, and totally. and that's that's really cool to me that you can be open. Not everyone still in every state, but we are moving towards a world where you can be more open about your cannabis use without threat of severe imprisonment. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of work to do for that one. Or. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, as much as I write about, like, sex and, like, big toys and all these things, like, I never write about sex and cannabis because I feel like, oh, people are going to look at me and be like, oh, you know, and, like, put me in a very specific box, which I already am in. So, like, I don't want to further marginalize myself. And it's just, it's funny the things that, like, I'm okay to do that with and the things that I'm like, oh, let me keep that a little private. I think I used to have an idea that I, like, shouldn't get stoned before sex because it would I didn't want it to be a crutch or I didn't want it to be like 
I think there's like a stereotype that like if you smoke before sex that it like makes you less connected to your body or to your partner and um I think I'm over that now <laughs> but like I you know I, I and I think that it has had to do and listen I have been using cannabis since I was a teenager um and have had my fair share of different experiences but mostly I've had a positive relationship to it and I feel like more than any other substance that I've used, I feel like cannabis is like a friend that tells you when you're smothering it and is like, I'm going to be like less fun until you stop smothering <laughs> me and then you give it some space and then it's fun again. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that there are a lot of things like eating and playing music or listening to music or fucking or like going to yoga or going for a bike ride that I would be like, oh, I shouldn't like get stoned before I do this because it will make me like disconnect. I don't know. I like had this, like, uh, like I shouldn't do that. And, um, well, one, one thing I know we're wrapping up, but I just want to add that I feel really strongly about not to, you know, there are, there's medicinal marijuana. Yes. I do not mean to diminish anyone's, you know, use of this plant, like a medicine, um, and then there's recreational marijuana. And I still feel like the two are very separated. And mm. a lot of times we have to, you know, really justify our, mm. our use of it. Like, I have to be like, no, I, I have PTSD. Like, it's on, it's on New York's, like, medical list. Like, it's, like I, I'm allowed to. But when I wrote this, like, writing this book, my goal was really to, like, make it clear that you can, that recreational and medicinal can be together at the same time. You can be getting the benefits, whether it's stress relief or anxiety, and also... Yeah, fucking or like taking a bath or like going on a bike ride or or doing something really fun or going to a concert and or having eating a lot. You know, I, I just feel like I feel like our country, like the idea of just like having a good time and feeling good, it, like it's like oh that's Satan's work. You know, I'm I'm like yeah, I, I mean, yeah I I'm like yeah, I love I love yes it is that's okay with me, but I just it's it's not it's not something to be ashamed of wanting to feel wanting to feel good. One hundred percent. I think this is another really great example of the overlap between the culture of. Sex and the culture of weed and education around both of these things is like, can we slow down and think about these things as pleasure for pleasure's sake and that we don't have to be like, oh, well, I need a vibrator for X, Y, Z reason. Like maybe you just want a fucking vibrator. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and you don't need to have a justification ready to explain to someone Sometimes why. Sometimes because is the answer to the question. 100%. Yeah. yeah pleasure for pleasure's sake. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I also really want to bring up, especially because your book, and I'm sure you go into it, but like the ritual behind it is yeah. really nice, especially with like kink and everything. So like, you know, like I use it a lot with sex magic if we're really trying to like make an intention and stuff like that. So I just like, it's just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. There is a, and that can be helpful for set and setting as well. If you have a place that you like to go to, to smoke or ingest um, or whatever. And, and really also that's another comparison to be made to BDSM is the idea of like thinking like setting an intention or having negotiation, whether it's just with yourself or with your partner um, and like having things that you know that you can do if things don't feel right when you're sort of like exploring that territory, um, like, a, like a safe word. And then also the idea of aftercare. And this is something that I think is really important about anything psychotropic or psychedelic is like, how am I going to integrate the things that I experienced or even learned back into my like everyday life um, 
after I have that experience. And so that's the sort of like having, having the rituals of intention setting and rip cords to pull and aftercare um, is really important for sex and kink and cannabis all, all, and especially if you are putting them all together. Yeah. Okay. So what are our weed and sex rituals? You want to go first, Sophie? Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> they're not very good. I'm like, I'm a hypocrite. I write about this stuff, but don't practice it. I mean, I take weed, but I am usually well, just high. Well, what would your, do you, let's say, let's say you were having a special date uh-huh. and you were like really wanting to like do some sex magic and like have some intentionality around the cannabis and the sex and you were maybe like in a environment that was like separate okay. from the, what you're familiar with and you were just like here's my whole bag full of of tricks that I'm bringing with me and like what if you had all the time in the world to like do that what okay. would you do um to start I would probably consume a 20 milligram edible to be to feel how I need to feel and that's really in my body and that's like you know fun level and do you have do you like like gummies or chocolate or like I I do I wonder how much of it is because I live in New York and they're easier to travel with to be honest but I do I I really like the feeling it produces but if with if I want to do a ritual with my partner I would love to roll a rose petal joint like using a rose petal you as take three cannabis. rose petals and you like heat them in the oven for a little bit then take them out and, no. and, and 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 i and i already was using rose like in some of my like i don't smoke i mean i will smoke tobacco if like a friend has a spliff but i really enjoy making my own spliffs out of different herbs like once i made one of damiana damiana which is believed to be an aphrodisiac um i smoke them with lavender all the time like yeah. before bedtime mugwort is good yeah yeah um but the rose, I would use the rose joint or the rose spliff because it has rose, which mm-hmm. is an aphrodisiac and supposed to be a heart chakra opener. And also they just look so pretty yeah. and so cool. Great. Like yeah. I feel like I would like really impress my partner. Be like, I made rose petals. I am so impressed spliff. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I send my partner like the tutorials all the time because I don't actually know how to roll. Mm. And especially now that I've gotten like my stiletto nails, every time I try, I just rip the papers. So I'm just like... I'm going to just pack a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, our ritual is pretty, um, you know, standard. <laughs> uh, my partner will roll and then I'll smoke while they worship my body. And, you know, the huge. I wrote a piece for Rolling Stone about my theory that cannabis might help close the orgasm gap um, and sort of because of all the reasons that we've described that uh, it might actually be more beneficial for uh, for women and queer people, you know, in the way that Viagra has been so helpful for um, certain kinds of penises. Viagra doesn't actually, like, create desire. It creates a boner. It's, like, what you do with the boner, right? So I kind of feel like a lot of this cannabis stuff is the same, where, like, Cannabis can't like produce arousal or or desire where it wasn't, but it can like encourage the physiological reality that then like maybe your like uh, psychological or like uh, like consciousness element can can flow from there. Oh yeah, so I wrote this uh, piece for Rolling Stone on can cannabis close the orgasm gap in art. 
friend of the pod, Arabelle Raphael, just tweeted back like, my absolute favorite thing in the world is smoking a blunt while someone goes down on me. <laughs> I was just like, that is so nice. What a nice, that's just such a nice image. That is a nice image, yeah. She's my favorite porn star. She so is fantastic. If she's listening, she should follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, she... Because I listened to the whole episode about the nails, and that was when I started getting my nails done again, so... Oh, you that's know. so lovely. Oh, she's an inspiration yeah. to us all. <laughs> um, yeah, if you want some great stoner porn, I recommend following Arabelle Raphael. I, I do want to validate what you were saying, Sophie, that I, I don't always practice what I preach um, which maybe is it's important to acknowledge that like life is hectic and sometimes you're just like let's just get this done i mean i i really i just love a joint so much <laughs> and i think that like a lot of it has to do with music and a lot of it has to do with just like saying let's smoke this joint and then play or let's smoke this joint and then fuck. I mean, I am finding myself thinking about like finding the stoners in the room at the play party and being like, you want to go outside? (laughs) Um, That's kind of a fun ritual to like go outside and then you're like with, and sometimes it's like freezing outside. So you're like standing there in your like lingerie or you're like skimpy leathers and all like huddling around, like smoking. And you know, that's kind of fun. That's the only way I know how to make friends. Do you want to hit my vape is how I make friends. And like, especially if I meet people on Tinder and they're like, Oh, I don't smoke. I'm like, so what are we going to (laughs) do? But I don't then know. it's, then it's kind of fun when, like, every when when you when you smoke with people, sometimes it does. The, there's that set and setting thing where you all kind of feel like you're in a little like secret society, mm-hmm. and you like all are like you're you in know, on the secret, like feeling or yeah. sharing the same vibes, and then you like run back inside, like giggling together, and then disperse throughout the party to like you know uh, bring those good vibes to people um, that you're doing terrible things to. So that's fun. I'm, I, I, I'm actually remembering also a really nice night where I went with some uh, pro doms to uh, Pumps. Shout out to Pumps, the great dive bar strip club that we have here in Greenpoint. And I also like asked everybody if we wanted to like go outside and like there's something about like being in the like edge of town strip club and like standing outside in a circle smoking a joint and then like going back inside and being like, wow. <laughs> Ladies are amazing. Yeah. Um, that uh, that is really fun. Hell yeah. 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 Also baths. I mean, just baths are cauldrons yeah. and great for and, rituals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've done dabs with partners, like, and that's fun because it's a pretty massive, intense, like just like instant burst of THC. Like a lot of concentrated THC that hits you all at once, and the process of making them. You know, you have like a blowtorch and like like it looks like you're doing drugs which is like kind of for me a nice switch up and then like oh I'm just taking my cannabis you know like (laughs) yeah I mean a lot of this stuff I mean we talk about this with kink too like when there's a taboo around something you might as well like have fun feeling illicit that's a good way to stick it to the man yeah yeah so like destigmatization is good but also along the way well while we're in the process of destigmatizing uh, everything so that there's no more shame, let's like use shame as a sex toy and enjoy doing things that we think of as illicit and wrong that make us bad because we're wearing leather jackets. <laughs> well, I obviously would love to keep talking about this uh, all night, but uh, my short-term memory is uh, <laughs> shot. Uh, so it's a little 
stoner joke for you. Um, but uh, but thank you so much for coming out tonight. Uh, I really want to thank Carly, especially for being a switch hitter and coming in at the last minute. Everybody give it up for Carly. <laughs> Carly, if people want to buy some stoner porn from you, where should they hit you up? Yeah, uh, chloevenom.manyvids.com or you can just find me on Twitter at Chloe underscore Venom. Uh, DM me, I can give you some good prices. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, say that you uh, heard about her on Why Are People Into yeah, That? Yeah, don't just say hi. I won't respond to you. <laughs> be like, I want to buy something. And I'll be like, yes, let's do that. <laughs> good way to get uh, yeah. any sex worker's attention, yeah. too. Um, any, anything else you want to plug or things that you want to let people know um, about? My blog, Dildo or Dildon't, that's uh, at WordPress also. And um, if you are interested in sexual freedom at all, I'll be teaching more fats, more femmes. Uh, body confidence in the bedroom at Woodhull this year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Carly is also the manager of the West Village mm-hmm. Pleasure Chest, the original Pleasure the Chest. Mm-hmm. So um, if you are ever in the village and want to stop by and have uh, her give you recommendations. Yeah. Uh, for I, I will help anyone, but if you are particularly interested in big toys or very strong vibrators, please come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. Uh, and everybody give it up for Sophie St. Thomas. <laughs> Sophie, tell us the name of your book again. Finding Your Higher Self. And it's coming out from Simon & Schuster in November? Um, it's... It's it's November now. I mean, no, it's December now, which is which December means it's no longer a Scorpio. My book is a Sagittarius. Yes, that's okay. December <laughs> 2019 of this year, um, and, and yeah, no, go ahead. Oh no, continue. Well, I was just. I kind of like when you ask the question. Oh great. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internets in general? Um, my handle everywhere is the Bowie Cat, as in David Bowie, and then felines, and. Yeah, follow me on those sites. I post my articles and there's like my book like fucking pinned on my Twitter. And also, if you like podcasts starting in June, Tina, I don't know if you've been checking your email. I did see that email. I'm very excited. um, Me and my dear friend and collaborator, Dia Dynasty, wonderful person and and pro-dom and which, um, anyways, we're, we're starting a podcast called Sex, Weed, Magic. Yeah, I just got an email today asking me to be on it. I might have something to say about those three yeah. topics. And I'm have to get your info because I heard you say yeah. sex, sex magic, magic over yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, I'm so happy to have had you both on the pod. So I definitely, as always, want to give a shout out to my loyal live sound engineer, Ben Weber. Ben Weber. Oh, my God. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Everybody give it up for Ben And as always, I want to thank the Pleasure Chest, especially Ryan, and of course my guests, Sophie Sophie St. Thomas and Carly. And as always, you can subscribe, if you don't already, to Wire People Into That, wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me at Tina Horns Ass on Twitter and Instagram. Please support the decriminalization of sex work wherever you can, and do what you can to destigmatize whores, sluts, perverts, and queers. Now, everybody, go enjoy your 15% off shopping. The store is open till 10. Thanks for coming.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 